Millions of years ago, dinosaurs ruled the earth. Sometime around 66 million years ago, though, the dinosaurs went functionally extinct and were replaced by a new group of animals, megafauna. Megafauna usually refers to mammals and birds that were big, really, really big, somewhere around 100 to 1,000 times larger than their modern counterparts. Around 300,000 years ago, Homo sapiens showed up and the populations of megafauna went into rapid decline. As of about 10 to 15,000 years ago, megafauna had essentially gone extinct, with the exception of blue whales and other giant ocean fauna. Except every now and then, someone claims to have had a run-in with an extinct species, including megafauna. Usually, the animal mysteriously disappears behind a tree or into the water with no solid proof of its existence, never to be seen again. Or, people will continue to claim to see the creature for years or decades. And the same goes for cryptids, like Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster. Some believers in these cryptids claim that these creatures are believed extinct megafauna with a hidden population reproducing somewhere. One such cryptid exists in North America. It's an enormous bird straight out of some Native American tribe's beliefs that people claim to have seen at least as recently as the early 2000s. This giant bird of lore is known as the Thunderbird. Thunderbirds have been a widespread cultural belief across multiple Native American tribes, each with their own interpretation of the great bird. The Thunderbird was somewhat regional, with most of the tribes who believed in the bird being concentrated in the Pacific Northwest and the area around the Great Lakes. But Thunderbirds have made appearances in the lore of tribes as far north as Canada and all the way down to the southwestern U.S. Thunderbirds have served different purposes across the different tribes, with each having their own unique interpretation of the creature. But the belief that it was a massive bird with a connection to weather is consistent. These birds have been believed to have a wingspan from 10 to 20 feet to even more than 100 feet. For comparison, the wandering albatross has the largest wingspan of any known bird with a wingspan 
up to 12 feet. Even in modern sightings, Thunderbirds are usually described as large black birds, sometimes with a white ring around the neck and large, powerful talons. Their description closely matches that of an Andean condor, which only has a known wingspan up to ten and a half feet, and may also match that of a California condor with a wingspan up to 10 feet. These birds were associated with storms and were often considered to create storms in the wake of their flight. They were said to be able to create storm winds and huge peals of thunder, which is where their name originated. They were also said to be able to shoot lightning from their eyes and in some parts of Canada and the Pacific Northwest, they were believed to be able to pick up whales in their mighty talons. Some scientists and cryptozoologists believe that the connection of large bird sightings and thunderstorms can be attributed to seeing large birds like eagles riding the air currents brought with incoming storms. Some large birds will follow these powerful air currents because it allows them to stay in flight longer with less effort and may help them expand their hunting ground. In fact, one cryptozoologist who has mapped modern encounters with Thunderbirds, claims that most of the sightings have corresponded chronologically and geographically with storm fronts. Even with the connection to bad weather, many Native Americans believed that Thunderbirds were benevolent protectors, albeit powerful creatures that shouldn't be harassed challenge. It was seen as an enforcer of cultural morality, and one story even tells of a thunderbird turning an entire village of people into stone for their immorality. These creatures were often viewed as intelligent, intentionally bringing storms to areas in need of rain but also capable of using its powers to destroy with floods, lightning fires, and high winds. Or, a thunderbird could simply choose to not bring storms to a given area, intentionally allowing for a drought. Even still, the thunderbird was viewed as a noble spirit, that may have even been a distant ancestor of humans or a physical embodiment of the elements. Some believe that Thunderbirds were able to shapeshift, allowing them to incorporate into families and produce children. These children were usually not believed to be Thunderbirds, but they were believed to carry some of the strength 
fairness and nobility of the great bird. For those that believed Thunderbirds could shapeshift, it was often believed that they would do this by removing their feathers, which they wore like a robe, and by tilting their beak upward, as if wearing a mask that's been pulled up off the face. With these small changes, the bird would be able to walk among humans unnoticed, and, if needed, could simply pull the beak back down and slip the feathers back on and be in bird form again. The Minomine tribe believed that Thunderbirds lived on a floating mountain high in the sky, and that sometimes they would simply watch humans. They took special enjoyment from seeing fighting and war, or remarkable feats performed by humans. The Thunderbirds were sworn enemies of the great horned snake, Nisikinubit, and they were the only reason that humanity was kept safe from the wicked creature. They were also believed to be messengers of the great sun, putting them into a position of great respect within the culture. The Ojibwe believed that Thunderbirds were created by Nanabazu, one of the great hero gods to protect mankind from evil underwater spirits. The birds lived far off in all four directions, but would follow migrating birds into the Ojibwe's land during the spring. This way, they could protect against underwater spirits through the spring and into the fall when rains were frequent. When the other birds began to migrate, the Thunderbirds would follow and would always come back the next spring. Thunderbirds weren't just responsible for protecting against evil underwater spirits, though, but also against wicked people. They were considered to be keepers of morality that doled out punishments for immoral actions. They were believed to have a bad temper, and the risk of a severe punishment from a Thunderbird was often enough to keep people in line. The Winnebago believed that the birds were capable of giving special powers to humans and were able to identify men of great importance. During fasting, if a man saw a vision of a Thunderbird, then it was believed he would one day become a mighty war chief. The Sioux believed that Thunderbirds were protectors of humanity and in ancient times had fought against the Unctahila, reptilian monsters that were considered to be extremely dangerous. It was believed that mankind would not have been able to defeat the monsters without the aid of the Thunderbird, and the Unctahila would still 
be attacking humans. In Arapaho and other Great Plains tribes mythology, Thunderbirds were a foil to the White Owl. While the White Owl ruled over winters, the Thunderbird ruled over summers. Algonquin peoples believed Thunderbirds were ancestors of humans and were directly involved in the creation of the universe. The Thunderbird ruled the upper world, while the great horned serpent and his underwater creatures ruled the underworld. The Thunderbird would hurl lightning bolts at the great horned serpent's underwater creatures, protecting humanity from them. The Shawnee believed that Thunderbirds were able to shapeshift into humans, but instead of shapeshifting into grown men, they'd turn into boys and were identifiable by their tendency to speak backwards or out of order. The Thunderbird carried great importance to dozens of tribes across North America, but it was a legend that people outside of the tribes took little note of. That is, until non-native people began seeing Thunderbirds. The first notable experience that any non-natives had with Thunderbirds occurred in 1890, when two cowboys claimed to have come across one in the deserts of Arizona. Because people are the worst, the two men shot at the bird, felling it with their rifles. They dragged the corpse of the giant bird back to town, where its wingspan was measured at a mind-boggling 190 feet. The description of this bird, though, described it as having smooth skin, no feathers, and bat-like wings, which sounds an awful lot like a pterodactyl or a pterosaur. The story of the bird was printed in the tombstone epigraph and was accompanied by a photo. Interestingly, this photo is an example of the Mandela effect because many people claim to have seen the photograph of the cowboys and other townspeople holding up the wings of the great beast. Yet, Nobody has been able to find the picture that people seem to remember seeing. You may have seen a similar picture online, which was a remake made just a few years ago as an example of what the original photo would have looked like. Cryptozoologists widely consider the article in the paper to have been an example of creative writing in the Old West, which was common to see in papers of the time. However, one man in 1970 claimed that he had known one of the cowboys who had shot the creature, and he claimed the cowboy told him they had actually seen a creature, but had not successfully killed it. 
and he estimated it had a wingspan of approximately 20 to 30 feet. And this is where the lore of the Thunderbird crosses into the modern day and leaves people wondering if the creature is a cryptid or a real creature. Dozens of people have claimed to have seen a giant bird with a wingspan of 15 feet or more in places where birds like albatrosses and condors are not endemic or even native. Surprisingly, this creature has been seen as far north as Alaska, but also makes appearances in places like Illinois and Pennsylvania. In 1977, a group of three 10-year-old boys claimed to have been playing outside when they were approached by two large birds that chased them. Two of the boys managed to avoid the birds, but one boy by the name of Marlon Lowe was picked up in the talons of one of the creatures. It lifted him two feet or so off the ground and carried him dozens of feet, but dropped the boy after he fought against the bird. It was claimed that this bird may have been an out-of-place Andean condor, but there's only one problem with that. Andean condors do not have the strength in their talons to pick up a 10-year-old boy. Here's the thing. We know that birds matching the size of the Thunderbird have existed. We also know that dinosaurs that fit the bill have existed as well. And we also know that these creatures aren't just extinct, but are tens of thousands to millions of years extinct. And that's where we get into the issue with large cryptids. Where do you hide a bird with a 15-foot wingspan that makes appearances in suburban Illinois? You run into the same issues with Thunderbirds as you do with Bigfoot. If there's a breeding population, you should see evidence of nests or eggs. You should find carcasses or droppings or feathers or even the remains of animals killed by the creatures. When it comes to Thunderbirds specifically, we have one of the best frontline groups to spot them. Birdwatchers. Birdwatchers in the U.S. have been responsible for identifying multiple bird species that were believed extinct. They're also beneficial to ornithologists, understanding the migratory and breeding patterns of birds. If there's anyone who would have spotted and found proof of a giant unidentified or believed extinct species of bird, it would be bird watchers. And at this point, that hasn't happened. 
So for now, it may be best to leave Thunderbirds where they belong, within the cultural beliefs and heritages of many Native Americans. But maybe one day, one lucky bird watcher will change our knowledge of living birds, or even dinosaurs, entirely. Thanks for listening to another episode of WISE. Help me create more content by becoming a patron at patreon.com wisepodcast. If you have suggestions for future episodes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Chris B. Music from Fiverr.com for my new background music.